Lines in all directions, shades of black and white, faces, thighs, farms, cities, roads, a documentary approach and human stories in every corner, a selection of South African photographer David Goldblatt's works are on display at the George Pompidou Centre in Paris. Born in 1930, David Goldblatt, one of the best-known South African photographers in the world, the work stretches across the length and breadth of South Africa and spans some 60 years. It's a view of his country, its history and geography, its people. He witnessed the arrival of apartheid in 1948 and started photographing his country for himself and his compatriots, he says, in the 1950s. He has also documented his view of what happened since the late Nelson Mandela and his African National Congress came to power after Frederick de Klerk in 1994. The photographer's work forms part of at least 20 permanent collections in South Africa, Europe, Australia and the US. Some of Goldblatt's most telling works are portraits of ordinary South Africans. However, the centrepiece of the exhibition at the Pompidou Centre is a picture of a structure, a huge format black-and-white photo of an enormous, looming, empty building. It was part of a 1985 residential project called Schubert Park, reserved for white civil servants, and which were eventually abandoned due to lack of funds. By 2016, when Goldblatt photographed this urban monstrosity, it had become, as he says, a skeleton. Well, I discovered this building when it was built. I researched it and I discovered the story, and of course I was disgusted. To build these huge structures just for white civil servants was madness, insanity. And then I watched over the years as they changed, and I saw how they became skeletal, and finally I realized I've got to do something, I've got to go and take a photograph. So one day uh, I went to Pretoria just to do this photograph, and I was very lucky. They were building a small building in front, so there was this worker doing, doing his work, and the skeleton was very visible. Yeah. Goldblatt's exhibition contains his strongly felt message about democracy in South Africa since 1994. Accompanied by some short filmed interviews, viewers are drawn into his work to see the things he sees and how he sees them. In 2015, he took his camera to Cape Town University where student discontent had crystallised around Cecil Rhodes, who, like him or not, was for Goldblatt an important historical figure. But that was not the issue that took him to the campus, he says. In 2015, a student at the University of Cape Town threw shit on the statue of Cecil Rhodes, Cecil John Rhodes the great imperialist and this created a huge fuss people were very upset by it some of them and others were pleased by it but within a month the university removed that sculpture I found that the student actions were relevant to their cries if you like they they had serious concerns and the university had been ignoring them so there was a great fault on the part of the management of the universities. But then when they went into a revolution with violence, I disapproved of that strongly because we have a very precarious democracy. It's not well established. And every time somebody breaks the law, they are taking away a little bit of our democracy. Whether they're doing this as criminals or as students or as philosophers, it makes no difference. If they're violent, they're eating away at our constitution. And that's terrible because it means that the fight that we had to make democracy is being eroded. 
The powerful and penetrating images of everyday life taken during the apartheid era and struggle years, as well as many since then, capture inequality, poverty, a sense of injustice. It seems like a cliché, but a lot of Goldblatt's sharply, hyper-realistically shot reflections of South African societies are in black and white. However, as he said, he's never wanted to avoid colour. I became a full-time photographer in 1963, and from 1964, when I began to get work, right through until I stopped working professionally in about 1995-96. A lot of my work was in colour for professional work. But for my own personal work, during the years of apartheid, I worked in black and white, um, for obvious reasons. And then, in the early part of this century, the 21st century, I began to feel that I would like to become more expansive and celebrate what had happened. And so I began to work in colour. And I did so for about, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. And then, for two reasons, I began again to work in black and white. I began to work in black and white principally because, frankly, we were fucking up. We were back where we were. We were destroying our society. And for me, black and white is the medium in which you can express anger best. I also wanted to work in black and white again because... uh, I enjoy it. (laughs) Goldblatt's latest photos, along with some earlier ones, are in a heavy new book which accompanies the retrospective. It's called Structures of Dominion and Democracy. And if you can't get to see the big format photos in the exhibition, they do come across very well in the book. very different photographic take, Divine Violence, is the title of a conceptual work by two younger South African artists, Oliver Chanarin and Adam Broomberg. It's on show in the photography gallery downstairs in the Pompidou Centre. Inspired by an eponymous work by Israeli philosopher Adil Ophir, Broomberg and Chanarin's wall-covering exhibition questions the manipulative impact of the visual representation of conflict and More widely, three walls are covered with pages from the King James Version of the Bible. On some of the pages, they've stuck an image and have carefully underlined in red words, a phrase or phrases of the text. I'll let Oli Chanarin explain. The relationship between the text and the image varies a lot as you read through the different chapters. Sometimes the text that we've underlined sort of acts as a just a, almost a caption, almost explaining the picture. Other times it offers a more poetic relationship with the image. And uh, on other occasions the text kind of jars with the image. It goes against the grain of the image and wants to sort of confuse and complicate the reading of the image. So there's a lot of different things happening. But I mean, let's take this one, for example. Right here there's a photograph of a woman naked standing on the edges of a toilet, peeing into the toilet. And the text that we've underlined there is a very lovely song. And the way that those two words speak to each other is difficult to summarize. But one of the things that's going on here again and again is we're, we're seeing violence and then we're seeing love. We're seeing violence and we're seeing joy. We're seeing catastrophe and we're seeing miracles. And you're constantly feeling like you're being bounced back and forth like a ping-pong ball, in a way, between these two extremes. And that was something that we picked up in, in the text by Adio Fear, which was called Divine Violence, and was really the inspiration for this whole project. And in it, he talks about how uh, an event can be in a catastrophe for one person, and for another person, it can be a moment of revelation, a miracle. 
And he's somebody who, you were saying earlier, devoted his life to a study of the, the Testaments, the Old and New Testaments. We looked at the King James Version, which is um, both the Old and the New Testament. And, um, yeah, but very much with Adiophia's kind of uh, <laughs> radical, philosophical and critical lens, you know. But, and again, back to the image that Ollie was talking about, it's also looking at how photography can actually be an active uh, persecutor in a way. It, the act of taking a picture can be an act of violence in itself, just the act of documenting, not only what's inside the picture, but Abu Ghraib being a perfect example. And so there is a lot of pictures of violence, there's a lot of pictures of folly, there's also some very humorous pictures. You'll find a, there's a term in the Bible that says, and it came to pass, which is kind of from the silent movies when, it's, when it says, and then, or, you know, in the meantime. And it's almost this, uh, the Bible's version of just accept this, you know. Then this happened, and we're just meant to suspend our disbelief. And for each of those moments, we've, uh, we've put a kind of magic trick taken in the 1950s, you know, which is... Again, so there's also a kind of sense of humor in the room. It's not, just, um, it's not just a morgue. We think about photography not only in terms of what's the content of it, but the social, the political, and the economic currency of those pictures. And I think that's what we encourage people to think about and to discuss, which is how does a photograph move through the world? David Goldblatt's own sense of humanity is overwhelming in parts. Channeran and Broomberg's conceptual work is overwhelming by the sheer number of photos painstakingly researched for their symbolic weight, more or less closely related to the Bible. Both at the Pompidou Centre, Goldblatt temporarily until the 13th of May, and Divine Violence by Channerin and Broomberg until the 21st of May, which remains as part of the Centre's permanent collection of contemporary art. My thanks to David Goldblatt, to Oliver Channerin and Adam Broomberg, and thanks to you for listening. From me, Rosalind Hyams, goodbye.